Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Very early when the sun had risen, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb. They were saying to one another, Who will roll back the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back, and it was very large. On entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a white robe, and they were utterly amazed. He said to them, Do not be afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, the crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter. He is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him as he told you. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Good evening, everybody. Praise the Lord. You didn't know you were going to get a workout today, did you? Up, down, up, down, kneeling. So I hope you stretched out before the Holy Mass. What a glorious, glorious night. It's great to see so many of you. For our Easter vigil, I think this is this is a pretty this is a great crowd, especially in the midst of of the whole crazy COVID uh, lockdown and and people still weary of coming around big groups. But we are gathered here with the entire church spread throughout the world. Do you realize that it's not just us? All 1.3 billion Catholics throughout the world are celebrating this great occasion. Thousands and thousands of people will be reborn today. Along with, of course, three members of the Hodge family, Sean, Natalie, and Chloe. But before we delve into these, uh, these amazing readings, again, it is a glorious time to be here with you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Why are we here? Why the lights? Why, why all the uh, that beautiful chanted hymn? It's called that, that long hymn you heard in the beginning. It's called the Exalted. If you listen to the beautiful words, you know what it was speaking of? Our story. Why all of the readings? You notice... If we did all of the readings, you know, we have the option to do all of the readings. We just did a small version of it. Why all the, all the readings all, what, making you stand up and sit down and we hear that beautiful chant? Starting from the book of Genesis, leading to Exodus, Isaiah. Why? We heard our story. 
In a few moments, we're going to baptize Sean, Chloe, and Natalie. And our brother Carlos will receive the beautiful gift of confirmation. Why? Notice what's about to happen in a few moments when you receive these beautiful sacraments. You're going to be baptized into Jesus Christ. You're going to be baptized into a brand new family. You will be confirmed, Carlos as well, and you'll receive your first Holy Communion. Do you understand the implications of this? You are stepping into this family, which as a Christian family, we're 2,000 years old. That beautiful hymn in the beginning, the Exalted, dates all the way in the 4th century. 1,600 years we've been chanting that psalm, that beautiful hymn at this night. Sean, Chloe, Natalie, Carlos. You're about to be baptized and confirmed into the body of Christ, into a family which has built Western civilization. Do you realize that? You are entering into a family which has baptized kings, emperors, doctors, garbage men, sewer cleaners. You will baptize into, into the same body of Christ as politicians, scientists. You are being baptized into the body of Christ, which has built the very scientific method, which has built the university system, which has built hospitals, which has built the United States. You are being baptized in the body and confirmed to the body of Christ, which has marvelously built the greatest civilization earth has ever seen. Do you realize that? What we are all a part of. We are part of a magnificent story. At the end of the day, why we're all doing this, it's a story of God's relentless love for humanity. We started off the book of Genesis beautifully. Now, as you notice that the book of Genesis it begins with the creation narrative, speaking about how God created the universe. You get a beautiful creation narrative beginning, well, of course, with the creation of, of the earth, lights, the waters, and ultimately culminating with the creation of you and I. It said that we are created in the Imago Dei, the image and likeness of God. That very foundation rooted now in the dignity of the human person. Guess whose foundation stone that is? Ah, our very own nation, isn't it? Our very Republic of the United States of America, again, which is the most prosperous, the most economically powerful, the, the, the most richest, the most fervent nation that Earth has ever seen. Do you realize that we're, all of us who are born in this and are citizens of this great nation, we hit the lottery. Do you know that? We hit the lottery, the fact that we're here. And it was built upon our, the very foundation of this nation, built upon the notion that all, and we know it well, all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Where does that come from? Boom, Genesis. Story unfolds. Immediately God creates us, and what happens? We fall into sin. 
Now the beautiful story of Exodus. We have that powerful story now of God freeing the Jewish people who were enslaved by the powerful Egyptian empire. Through the waters of the Red Sea, God leads them out into the promised land. God doesn't stop, does he? And then now the beautiful story of the story of Abraham, our father in faith. We, why we read this particular story in the Bible. It teaches us now how to respond to this tremendous story of love, which we're all a part of. It said that Abraham goes up a high mountain. What does Abraham do? He takes his son Isaac. And God asks of him something which no parent would ever want to hear. I want you to kill your son. Again, every mom and dad in this church, do you feel the heart-wrenching of Abraham? Is there anybody on earth you love more than your children? You can say Father Brian, that's okay. God, it's okay. There's nobody on earth you love more than your child. God asked Abraham, are you willing to sacrifice? And do you love me more than your own son? What does Abraham do? Pulls his hand back with the knife. And at the split second, just before he swings down with the thrust into his throat, the angel of God comes. Stay your hand, Abraham. You've passed the test. You've stayed faithful to the Lord. You've responded in love. Ah, the story. And then what happens next? When the lights turned on and we struggled with the candles. Why did we, why did we all watch them struggle with the candles? <laughs> because now as we switch over from the Old Testament to the New, St. Paul now proclaims God's ever enduring love again. The coming of Jesus Christ into the world. The story continues. The story unfolds. It says now that God, the same God now, which created us in the world at the very beginning, now he sends his son into the world in order to free us from sin. Sean, Natalie, Chloe, Carlos. To sum up this story, it's pretty easy. It's a story of how much God loves us. I know we say that constantly, that it becomes a cliche, but no, it is not. In fact, I spoke to your, I spoke to your parents, you know, Sean, Chloe, and Natalie. I, said, I asked them if you can get a tattoo. They said, okay, you can. You get a tattoo that God loves you. Right, right there. We even said, after Mass, we'll get you a tattoo on your arm right here. You ready? Why, why did they agree to get you tattoos after Mass? Just kidding, we're not. <laughs> it is because we forget. We forget. It is a story of humanity. Now, here is the great story. Because after not only uh, when you're baptized, you're also going to be received the, 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 the great sacrament of confirmation. The seal of confirmation, I'll, I'll pour oil on your head after you're baptized. 
Carl is not going to get baptized. He was already baptized when he was a, when he was a child. But he's going to get confirmed to finish off what began at baptism. We're going to confirm you for battle. And I mean that. You see, every single person in here, we have been given an immense, almost an impossible task. You and I are going to have to go out into the world and to proclaim this story, which we are increasingly forgetting. We are increasingly forgetting who we are, where we are going. You see, the world is very enticing out there, which you're growing up in. It's saying to you and it's whispering to you that God does not exist, that God is unimportant. You only turn to God when convenient. Oh, but that's, that's not the fullness of the story. The fullness of the story is that when you are confirmed, the power of the Holy Spirit will descend upon you and you will receive the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. The, the two beautiful gifts, which we all receive if we're all confirmed, we receive the gift of fortitude and courage. You know what those two gifts are? It's a gift to stay faithful to Jesus Christ. Even when they make fun of you and when they laugh at you, when they say on a Sunday, where are you going? I'm going to go to church. You didn't go to church? All of us who go to church on Sunday, you know what? You are a rebel. If you are a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, you are the new revolutionary. You know that? We are in the minority. And yet we bear the story. You see, you and I will have to live in such a core that when they look at us, they will say, what, what is it about you? You're different. And it is Jesus Christ. My brother Carlos, you will be called to live as a faithful Catholic Christian again in a world which will laugh at you. Natalie and Chloe and Sean, you will grow up in a world where the vast majority of people you surround yourself with will not be followers of Jesus Christ. You will be a rebel. But that only makes it more fun, doesn't it? You are called to be like Abraham. All of us here. Who will take up that cross? You see, it's never the big, the big social movements which change the world. No, it's always the small minority which changes the world. It's always the saints. It's always a small group. It's always the fervent followers. You see, it's easy to go with the world. It's easy just to sit at home at mat or, you know, on a Sunday and relax to watch football and go shopping and do whatever and not to turn to God on, on, on a Sunday. That's easy to do. The time of easy Christianity is over. The time of sainthood is now. And if you think this task is, is, is too big, it is. Which is why now Jesus Christ has come. And I'll end here. As soon as we 
as his homily ends, we'll shift over to the baptismal rites. You know why I have a tremendous hope? No matter how bad the world gets, no matter how, how, how small the followers of Jesus Christ get, you know why this whole COVID thing, you know, our government about to spend what, four or five trillion dollars of, of invisible fake money, which will cause a huge economic downturn. Who knows what the future holds for us? But you know what? No matter what happens, remember this truth, which we now celebrate tonight. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Jesus Christ is alive. That is the single hope of us as Christians. That is the light which you bear in your hands. Jesus Christ lives. His tomb is empty. This is why the Christian is never, is never daunted. We keep going forward. We keep fighting. We keep proclaiming the gospel, even when it's impolite. Because we are following the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, the tribes of Israel, following the 12 apostles. Because, my brothers and sisters, this is our story. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.